The incumbents will, will claim that we are actually a terabyte city, and I have yet to, to see that. This is episode 308 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. Cheyenne, Wyoming, home to more than 60,000 people, seems like a place densely populated enough to encourage the incumbents to offer fast, affordable, reliable connectivity. While big ISPs claim that the city is sufficiently served, businesses and residents don't agree. Speeds are not where they need to be, and rates are high. In order to solve the situation, community leaders, including Mayor Marion Orr, have been looking into possible solutions. Mayor Orr took some time out of her schedule to talk to Christopher for this week's podcast. In addition to some of the steps the community is taking, Mayor Orr and Christopher discussed Senate File 100, a piece of legislation passed during Wyoming's most recent session to improve broadband access. The bill started out as a way to provide resources to local communities, but as Mayor Orr describes, incumbents intervened and the outcome changed significantly. Christopher and the mayor talk about the steps Cheyenne has taken so far and where they're headed next. On to the interview. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance up in Minneapolis. Today I'm speaking with Mayor Marion Orr, the mayor of Cheyenne, Wyoming. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Well, I'm very excited to speak with you. I've, I've been through Wyoming a couple of times. It is a crazy, beautiful state. Uh, I get a sense you've been around um, all parts of it. And um, I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about your corner of Cheyenne currently. Our, our state is beautiful. We uh, Here in Cheyenne, we are in the southeast corner. Um, we've, our population is about 63,000. Um, we are just only about 100 miles away from Denver, so we are um, what uh, is considered a part of the Rocky Mountain Front Range. And how is broadband there? I mean, a city of 63,000, I would think it's, um, I, I would guess you have a pretty decent cable system, some DSL. Uh, you know, what is the situation from your perspective? Well, the situation here in Cheyenne is one that um, there are haves and have-nots. It's, it's probably the case with a lot of communities. Um, depending on uh, if you're downtown, there's fairly good uh, high-speed connectivity, but it's pretty costly when we look to um, some of our other uh, sister communities around the state as far as what you actually get for the dollar. And so are you hearing from, from constituents then? And uh, is it a, a broad range of constituents regarding their experiences? Boy, since, uh, since taking office, I have heard from, um, from folks, both residential and commercial, really um, questioning the, uh, the high cost for um, you know, the somewhat not-so-fast um, services. And you know, the definition of you know, what is high-speed Internet is a little bit different for everybody. But um, certainly, at least in our, in our downtown um, hub area, we really you know, want to promote one, um, one gig service at you know, an affordable $300, $400 a month uh, kind of price. And right now, it's, it's closer to 2000 a month. So it's, it's, it's pretty costly. That's, I assume that's got to be a pretty big challenge. You're, you're not that far from Fort Collins either, in which they have, um, I think, a, a more reasonably priced gig already and soon will have a rock-bottom priced gig. Are, are you uh, fearing a, a little bit of sort of competition for economic development uh, in a city so close to you? Absolutely, we are. Your listeners you know, may or may not be aware Fort Collins has decided to go to, I believe, a municipally owned um, system, which will certainly help um, control costs. 
And when it uh, comes to attracting and retaining businesses, we certainly um, do look at our competitive uh, communities across the border. And for that reason, I, um, I established a broadband task force. And they've been hard at work at creating some, um, some policy recommendations for my administration. One of the things that, that I hear from mayor's offices and certainly city council members is they hear frequently from incumbents that there's no need to do anything, that they have the situation in hand. Uh, is, that, is that a message you've been getting? It is a message I've been getting, and it's so frustrating. And it, uh, the incumbents will, will claim that we are actually a terabyte city, and I have yet to, uh, to see that or believe that it's anywhere close to being um, reasonably priced. And so it's, it's definitely a, a tale of two different perspectives. Right. In some ways, it would be almost as though the interstate went through Cheyenne and you didn't have a single road otherwise. And people tell you, there's no problem. We've got this incredible interstate. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and it may or may not be open. Right, <laughs> right. And it doesn't on even a... have on-ramps or off-ramps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 a, it, it's definitely frustrating in, in conversation. Uh, to some extent, I feel like you may be better equipped than others to deal with this because you have a background uh, in lobbying. And I'm curious if that background um, maybe makes you more frustrated or better able to deal with hearing those claims when you know that your downtown needs uh, better service for its businesses. Well, absolutely. It, my background in lobbying has, has served me well as far as being able to certainly um, navigate the, the legislative process um, regarding some legislation that was carried through last year. And um, the other you know, double-edged sword is that um, the lobbyists for the incumbents are also uh, colleagues. I've, I've known them for years. And so at times we agree to, to disagree and not be disagreeable. That's good. In a, in a smaller state, that's uh, it's essential, I'm sure. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about that. You're you're the capital city, so you have the luxury of being able to be more involved in in state legislation. Uh, there was a bill that I was commonly called SF100, I believe, that was uh, pushed to try and deal with encouraging more investment in broadband in uh, the state. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? What the initial idea behind that bill was? Correct. So the um, original uh, thought behind Senate File 100 uh, was to provide communities with um, basically a, a grant funding availability to better increase their connectivity. And throughout the legislative process, it was really kind of scaled back to uh, really service more of the rural areas that are truly underserved. And I can appreciate that um, by by all means. And so what uh, the legislation basically ended up doing was um, enabling and establishing a broadband coordinator for the state of Wyoming and creating an advisory council. And it's my understanding that uh, the state's currently looking at, at hiring that state coordinator and creating that advisory council. My understanding of the process is that the the sponsor was was pretty frustrated in that, uh, and I don't even know if the sponsor was a, a man or a woman, but uh, I remember that the sponsor was not really consulted when the bill was changed significantly, which it seems like a breach of, of, of common practices. Certainly, that, that was a, a bit of a bone of contention in that the lobbyists uh, for the incumbents um, were not uh, very pleased with the initial draft uh, that was written and uh, pulled their resources together and proposed a really substantial amendment, if, if you will, almost a substitute 
bill, and then uh, then that was scaled back as well too. So this is this is one of those um, where certainly it took a lot of communication, but it's also I shouldn't say it's it's not too uncommon in in this budget session um, in even numbered years such as our last. Uh, budget session was, we actually are only in session for 20 days. And so that's a very short amount of time to pull together um, a, a good piece of legislation that works for uh, works for everybody. Right. It's a, it's a good reminder of the, the stresses that, that people are working under with all the, the different issues. I am curious. So um, in the original, my impression was, and I admit that I didn't dig as much into this as I as I really should have given my position, but it seemed to me like it was a sense that originally that the state was going to give money to localities and, and have them use it more broadly as they saw fit. And it seems like now it's less money and it's going to localities with more stringent conditions on how they could use it. Is that accurate? That's a very accurate description of really what happened. Uh, it, the uh, initial um, legislation, for example, I believe it's something that um, my community, that Cheyenne, could have availed itself to. And instead, um, it, it was uh, scaled back to um, really pretty rural areas in a very narrow, uh, more narrowly defined service and with, and with less funding. One of the things that I thought it was intelligent, and I hadn't seen this in many other places, uh, was that it was it focused on two different things. One was residential access, and I don't think Cheyenne would have qualified for that. But the other was very focused on a business district access. Uh, can you just maybe explain why that's important? We have found that it's it's very important to have those two different conversations because certainly um, residential is is important, and uh, in some areas it's the speeds are actually quite quite slow. And so residential is certainly one conversation, but at least uh, for my administration, we have, um, our focus has been on commercial, you know, as far as prioritization. Because uh, without jobs, you really don't then have the residents. Mm-hmm. And to really grow our community and provide um, competitive wages and uh, high-paying jobs, we need high-speed uh, access to our to our businesses. Well, what is the the path forward then? Uh, what are you going to be able to do next? Well, locally, um, the uh, broadband task force that I've established, they are working um, this week to finalize their memo to me regarding policies that we can work on here in Cheyenne. Uh, one policy that I expect to see um, is essentially a, a one-dig policy that would help um, certainly residential as well as as well as commercial. Basically, when we when we open up the streets and do some work, you know, look at, at the very minimum laying conduit uh, to you know better ease access. And then statewide, I expect um, here probably shortly in the next uh, few weeks and, and early coming months for a state coordinator for broadband to be to be named as well as members of that state advisory council. My experience in here in Minnesota is um, having a very high quality person in that position makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> so I, I certainly hope you uh, that they find a, a high quality person that can do the work. I'm I'm curious about um, the distance that you are from Fort Collins because I know on the map it's pretty close, but politically it's it's quite far away. And so I'm I'm curious, you know, if you could just walk me through the um, you know as a more conservative city uh, in, a, in a much more conservative state. Um, is there any tension with the, the city being more involved with this uh, process? Well, we certainly are. 
different politically than than Fort Collins. As you mentioned, we are a much more conservative, and uh, services um, that would be municipally owned that would go over like a lead balloon in in my community. And and I'd have to agree with that. I really believe in private sector and in competition. And so I think what we're going to be looking at is uh, maybe a hybrid or a mix. Um, we are looking at, you know, the big phrase is uh, public-private partnerships and how we can possibly work with the different, uh, the different companies, including the incumbents, and uh, combine that with perhaps lessening regulations on our end, such as right-of-way fees that, that we tend to uh, charge and uh, just continue that conversation forward. Yeah, one of the things that, that we've certainly been inspired by is some models uh, coming out of Idaho and Montana, where um, Ammon, Idaho, has a, a terrific model, um, which some larger cities are, are contemplating. Um, and Bozeman has a very interesting um, approach in which they've created a nonprofit open access network. So there's all kinds of examples to draw, unfortunately. There are. What's exciting is that there's a lot of conversation about this, and um, I'm still really fortunate to uh, be able to have conversations with other mayors, um, certainly around the region, if not around the country. My last question is is about the task force, um, and it's it's a challenge, I think, I would suspect, because um, you you have to include the incumbents um, in, in the task force um, that is trying to solve a problem they generally won't admit exists, um, and yet uh, one wants to have a task force that's relatively united at the end of the day. And so I'm, I'm just curious if you could share a little bit about the pressures of creating a task force that will be able to, to come up with real recommendations rather than either be uncredible or just fall into infighting? Well, that certainly was a challenge. Um, I'll be, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say that my, my first inclination was not to include the incumbents on, on the task force, but I, I knew better politically that um, it's best to bring everybody uh, to the table. And certainly um, some of the conversations uh, were awkward I, awkward is probably the best way to to describe them. And <laughs> sure. um, what we have uh, what we have is um, a, a recommendation that will be coming forward with um, more broad generalizations that have included the incumbents. And then I suspect what we will see will be some sub working groups on other specific issues that might exclude the incumbents in that conversation. Okay. Well, I appreciate uh, getting a sense of reality on the ground. Uh, I'm often talking with um, with people that that are telling elected officials how to make decisions rather than actually weighing those decisions. So I appreciate the time you've taken today with us. My pleasure. That was Christopher with Mayor Marion Orr from Cheyenne, Wyoming, on state legislation and the legislative process and the community's plans to improve local connectivity. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. You can also follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and the other ILSR podcasts, Building Local Power and the Local Energy Rules podcast. Access them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Never miss out on our original research. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. 
We want to thank Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. And thanks for listening to episode 308 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. <laughs>